Ray. Hello. We got a special episode here today, buddy. Yes. I want to talk about legends. I don't want to talk about legendary careers. I don't want to talk about who's the greatest of all time. I don't want to talk about what legends deserve to be a legend. What I want to talk about is when you've got a year left, you got two years left, you got four years left, you've been doing this 20 years, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to go out as Hogan, Hollywood Hogan style, arguing with your guy, Vince Russo backstage over whether or not you're going to let one of the younger guys get the pin right here? You can go out like HBK. Because mm. when you get to a certain status, even in WWE, you have influence over how you leave. Right. Do you leave? The sport better or do you not? Right. And I'm not saying Hulk Hogan did not leave the sport better. Obviously. Certainly didn't leave TNA better. That was post. Well, he did do some matches, but that was kind of post career. To me, he screwed TNA totally up, but that would be. That's that's an argument for another day, too. At some point, he needed to say, you know what? I don't have to protect this character anymore. This character is, is bulletproof. Right. He could have said that character was bulletproof in any of the top first seven WrestleManias. Right. But he didn't. He could have done that NWO, somewhere in there. He could have treated Sting properly in their famous match to end one of the great storylines of all time. But he didn't. Right. To be fair, Shawn Michaels did the same thing to Stone Cold. Sean had a better excuse. He could barely walk, all that. I still think you catch Sean alone. He trusts you. He'd say, you know what? My heart just wasn't in it that day. Right. And it was way better than what Hogan did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sean comes back after the back surgery. He protects his character, I'm sure, backstage. But he continually puts guys that he's the gatekeeper. His, his championship reigns will be few and far between. Right. They'll be short. He'll be somewhat transitional most of the time. Right. But he's the gatekeeper. If you go over him, you're the guy. Right. Or you're going to be the guy. Right. When he's wrestling another legend, it's a big deal. It's a personal feud. We go two and three times. Mm-hmm. That matters. And we're going to get into that because we're going to be talking Edge, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, and one Brock Lesnar after this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peaking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now... Go home heat. And we are back. I have to say our intro is the greatest intro in the history of pro wrestling podcasts. We quote Xavier freaking Woods. Huh? Uh, uh, sure. I, I don't know the extensive <sighs> list. Of the voice of an angel saying that. Thing. I don't know. The drum rolls in the background. God, it's so good. Okay, here we go. 
I don't know the extensive list of the best pro wrestling uh, podcast intros. So. Edge comes out this week. He says, this is the last match on my uh, WWE contract. And also probably the last time we're going to wrestle in Toronto. Turns out post-match we find out, you know, it's really most likely it's the last match he wrestles in Toronto. Not the last match he's going to wrestle. But we didn't know that going into last night. So we, we all sit down. Sheamus wrestles Edge. Sheamus is on the short list of the last five years best wrestling matches, guys. Agreed? Right. So they do what you think they would do. They have a great match. Right. A couple weeks ago, Grayson Waller needs to be legitimate on SmackDown. Edge comes out, gets into it with him, has a good little match with him. Right. Real good match with him. Right. Edge in his comments over the course of the week said something to the effect, it takes a lot more to do this job. And he implied that maybe he's not as confident in his abilities to do this job as he once was. I will say this. Edge is still a great wrestler. He understands what makes wrestling important. His physical conditioning, I don't know that he's ever looked better. The only way you know he's older is his face. But the only way you can tell that is that since his return two years ago or however long it was, it was longer than two years ago, but since his return at the Rumble, which I think we all agree, great, great Rumble return right there. Caught everybody by a spot. Huge, right? Right. He's had good matches. You know, it was the match with Orton the greatest match ever. No, but it was pretty good. He's given us great promo after great promo after great promo. He has had good to great matches most of the time. I don't recall him having a stinker. The Roman feud was a little bit rough. Somehow they wound up having to pencil Daniel Bryan in the middle of all that. Brian Danielson now. Brian Danielson has been quoted as saying his heart wasn't in it. He said he felt empty when he went to the stage. I believe... If I'm wrong, forgive me, but I believe I'm quoting him. Felt empty walking out there to do that match. It's not a great look for a legend to be stacked on by Rome. So I, I, don't, I don't like that. But other than that, right there, I think he's had great moments. I think that his feud with Rollins, although Rollins was already a Hall of Famer, I think his feud with Rollins put Rollins on a different level. It put him on the level of the, to me, in my eyes, on the Eternals, right? Rollins had always been good. He'd always had some pretty good. He had some good rivalries. Lesnar was good. That was great. It was fine. What he and Edge did was special. And it was on the downside of Edge's career, not the upside of Edge's career. Edge has come back. He has worked what they wanted him to do. He's given them great efforts, great promos, taught people stuff. The Judgment Day, to his credit, he starts the Judgment Day. It's not working for him but it's working for everybody else, and he gets out of the way. Right. He's a big enough deal he could have fought to keep it going, but he didn't. What's the biggest thing going in Raw right now? Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. If Edge doesn't get out of the way and let them go, he could have held them back. He wouldn't have thought he was holding them back, but if he said, no, 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 I need to stay in the middle of this. Right. Ripley doesn't get to become the leader. Of the faction, basically. Right. Uh, I, I don't believe that Damian Priest would be the guy holding the money, ba- money the in the bank right now. Right? right. Finn, Finn getting to 
slide in there and get these championship opportunities, even though he lost to Edge. He's getting championship opportunities. He is seen as, you know, he's going into, he leaves a feud with the world champ. It looks like he goes into a feud with Cody Rhodes. Whether you like it or not, those are the two biggest names on the card besides Roman. Right. So what he's done, I believe, qualifies as who they pick for him to leave with, who he decides to go out on. That will be important. But I think Edge is leaving in a way where we're going to remember him fondly. Uh-huh. Agreed? Agreed. Okay. The tricky part is when we get to Punk and Jericho because it feels like Jericho's Hogan, Punk's HBK. Do you think I'm wrong? It's tricky, right? Go ahead. uh, To an extent. I think with Punk, because all the Punk stuff is pretty recent. I mean, you know, when you're talking about... Two years ago today. The all-out media, media scrub, right? No, no, two years ago today, he comes back. Living he comes color. back. Bam. Right. And until that all-out media scrub, run of like a lifetime, right? Every wrestler that is not on the legend level would kill for the run Punk had after he came back. Right. Um, Pretty much every wrestler on the legend level would kill for that run. Right. And then the media scrum happens... And goes away. He goes away and he comes back, and now it's significantly rockier, right? Right. But let's for a second separate what's going on outside the ring. As we keep hearing every single episode they do, we hear something about punk, right? Punk got mad backstage, challenged some dude to a fight, blah, blah, blah. What has punk done since he's come back? He wrestled. In a feud with the, uh, wound up messing around with Ricky Starks. Well, it was before that it was White, White and um, Bullet Club Gold, right? Bullet Club Gold winds up losing the feud, but you know who ate a pin in that feud? Punk, right? Let me uh, say that again. You know who ate a pin in that feud? Punk, right? Ricky Starks. He's feuding with. You know who's eating pins in that feud? Punk. Punk. Even if he's complaining when it's over. I don't love the promos where he complains. I don't. But in this conversation, that's not the relevant point. The point is Ricky Starks is becoming what he should have been for years. Because of Punk. I would think you could argue because of that tournament, which they set Punk as the person in front of him, the Owen Hart tournament. Punk would be the end obstacle. The boss, Punk, loses that, loses another. They're not done with each other yet. That's still going on. Even if Punk were to win this feud, which I have a feeling he may not, even if he were to win this feud, Ricky Starks is different than he was when we started. Right. That's the point of the job of the gatekeeper. Then you can tell Tony, look, man, he's ready. He's a, remember, for a long time, everybody was like, hey, man, Randy Orton has ruined so many careers. Sure. I think ruin's a tough word, but I get it. Hunter's ruined a bunch of careers. Sure. Again, that's a weird word, but sure. I think there's- they got put in a spot to where they were in feuds. 
And when the feud was over, the guy who owns the company went to him and said, hey, can that guy be the guy? And they had to answer yes or no. That's a tough spot. And if you don't think he can be the guy, you can't say that. Now, dude, he was wrong about Kofi. Randy Orton was. Hunter was wrong about Booker, too. Right. Well, I don't know. We don't know what he said about Booker because Booker was a world champ soon thereafter. Regardless of what happened in that feud, Booker was a world champ soon thereafter. So now let's take Jericho. I've had some issues with Jericho lately. I don't really think I want to dive into that too much right this second. I don't want to discuss everything with Jericho. But here's my worry with Jericho. It feels like he's having people around him to keep him relevant. Do you? How do you feel about that? I don't know if Jericho's in the same situation that Hunter was. Like, I don't know if he ever... Well, funnily enough, because Jericho was one of the names that, like, survived um, Hunter's, like, steamroll. Whatever, not, not part of the conversation, but... Um, I don't know... You would have to name names that Jericho has buried. Because- I'm not saying he's buried anybody. I'm saying no... I'm saying the people who have looked good coming out of whatever they're doing with Jericho are limited. They've done it in spite of Jericho rather than... Or, right. Like, everybody that's in his faction, Hunter, say what you want, Evolution, launched two careers. Mm -hmm. Right? Jericho Association side ain't doing that. Whatever, whatever, what was the thing where they... It could have. What was the first faction? Sammy was in that. It was Inner Circle. And it was, it's, it's weird because a lot of the guys in Inner Circle like left, like um, Ortiz and them. Yeah, you they think? They just like up and left. Right, but, but they I were doing think, nothing. I don't think that's it. They, they, I think they built, didn't they build the whole thing with uh, Inner Circle versus the Elite? Like I don't think that, uh, like, I, of course I have issues with Jericho, especially now. But I don't think I think that a lot of the reasons why the guys from Inner Circle didn't really like do how it should have was because of just like circumstance. And I don't I don't know because they were getting like well it was all Jericho getting main event spots right right which I guess that was the thing right they weren't getting uh, Pride and Powerful weren't getting a push. Right. And Jericho had the ear. We know Jericho has always had the ear of Tony. Right. We know that. And we know these people have been. Sammy Guevara is no closer to being a world champ right now, or at least thought of as a world champion right now, as he was the day he started associating with Jericho. And that's been the entire time he's been in this company. The sex gods was not an avenue to help Sammy Guevara get better. They did a whole program as the inner circle. They, the inner circle went over. Sammy Guevara stood in the middle of the ring with fireworks popping off behind him. The whole tail end of that match was to push him to the, to the moon. And then we went right back to the demo god right after that. Right. And we've stayed with the demo. We, we are still staying with the demo god. And if nothing else, and I get it, you run, you run, your, you run your shows. I get it. You run your shows based on how many people watch someone. But here's the thing. The time that he is eating up on television with matches and with talking segments is also taking away time from other people who could be doing something. There is a 
list of competitors. Now we have two shows in order to try to get people over. Punk ain't eating up time like that on his show. No. Right? I'm saying that I don't know what happens because I don't know if Jericho thinks he's at the end of his run. Right. I think he is prominent enough in the company that he decides what feuds he's in. Right. Barring if someone is in something else important, right? I mean, obviously he can't decide what MJF's doing. He can't decide what Cole's doing because they're doing something with each other. By the way, that program, out of this world, great. It feels to me like he's trying to stay relevant instead of trying to be the gatekeeper, and I think it's his time to be gatekeeper. Does that make sense? Right. We will see. I don't want to pass judgment on the Omega match till it's done. I highly doubt that Jericho's going to beat Osprey. Like, okay. I, I don't... To me, there's no... Especially if this is leading up to Osprey versus Kenny. Like, to me, there is no... Um, doubt in my mind that Osprey is winning this match with Jericho. Okay. Because I think uh, not only would it just make more sense storyline-wise, but it absolutely kind of sounds like something Jericho would do to have Osprey beat Jericho here and be like, I made that star. Uh, when he's already a star. Pretty much. Right, which is very Jericho-ish. Very, very Jericho. Like Jericho made MJF. Jericho made Kevin Owens. Right. Though I, I guess with Kevin Owens, it, it was a little more. Because like that was actually might be the one person that he like helped by being with. John uh, Cena made Kevin Owens when he lost to him uh, the first but night. But Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, first th- night. What would Kevin Owens' title reign have been without Jericho? Jericho loses to Osprey. Then does he start his losing of feuds? Does he become the gatekeeper? Does he do the right thing for pro wrestling? That's my worry because I'm going to say this and everybody has had the opposite take on CM Punk since the fight with the Young Bucks. And I, did you know me? I have had issue with Punk too over the years. He is a career malcontent. But I honestly feel that the future of pro wrestling is more important to CM Punk than CM Punk is as far as he understands what his legacy is. And he is not here to be the world champ one last time. Right. He's not here to be the, to get that one last run where he goes over a champ. Absolutely. That's not what he's doing. I feel like the issues that Punk had with the, at that point, I feel like you can kind of group Jericho in with the former EVPs. His issues were, he walked into the company, what did he say? He said, I'm here to work with, and he named a bunch of young guys. Right. I want to fight, I want to fight the pillars. Right. I want to fight, you know, all these young cats. Right. And his buddies in FTR, of course, he wanted them proper placement on the card. And I get that, too, because I think we all felt like they weren't getting their just dues. Post post what has happened, FTR has gotten their just dues. Mm. I think you can group Kenny Omega in with the Bucks and Jericho on that, but I think if you were to ask Punk, this is just me guessing, 
his fight wasn't with Kenny. Right. Because I think Kenny very much believes what's best for pro wrestling is the most important thing. Absolutely. And I, I'm not saying that the Bucks don't. But sometimes a, a person thinks what's best for this company is me. And that's right. cool when you're 27, 28, 29, 30, 35, got a couple of years left. This whole run that we're talking about these guys being on is four or five years away. Right. It's tricky when it's not because it ain't what's best for the company, that one last run you got. Because what's important for wrestling is that mid-tier be pushing the top tier. And you as a veteran are the one who helps that happen. Right now, Seth is in what is probably a short run at champion. I don't think he's going to be there a whole year. Do you? No. Right? At some point, Priest takes, takes it off of him. Priest or Gunther. Right. So he's getting rewarded for a year of putting, or multiple years of putting other guys over and being the gatekeeper for the top of the card. That's kind of the position I'm talking about. And all the guys we're talking about are older than him. Mm-hmm. Right? So I believe Punk is doing the right thing. Right. Now, do I think he should be challenging Jungle Boy to fights in the parking lot? No. Do I think he should be challenging Dolph Ziggler's brother to fights in the parking lot? No, I don't. If that's all true, be an adult. But I don't think all this crap we're hearing is happening. I doubt. I, <laughs> it's hard for me to believe that, like... He's just walking around trying to fight people backstage? Yeah, and it's also... It's one of those things where it's like, I, I heard... After he talked, uh, you know, after um, Collision uh, one night, he, he, he said some stuff about Hangman, right? And right. I heard... Um, Dave Meltzer said that after he said that, he, like, immediately called Hangman and, like, apologized. So it, it does kind of hit as something like, oh, he just wanted to say something that, like, got the crowd riled up. Dude, I am sure that when you are a pro wrestler and you are in the ring and you are shooting your mouth off every now and then, you say something okay. and go, yeah. whoops. But you're there now. Keep it rolling. Absolutely. That always happens when you're, like, you're doing your spitting, when, like, just... And you clear it up with the guy backstage and you move on. You know? I mean, that's, that's, how, that's, that's how work works. Right. That's how friendship works. That's how life works. Sometimes you say the wrong thing. You apologize. You move on. You're grown. Right. right? Now, with Punk, there's like a billion wrestling journalists that, that are like... Well, and I don't... I think that they're the people that are on top of the company don't mind all this crazy news coming out. Because they need the buzz. Stinger. Stinger has, I don't even really consider this the, la, the, the tail end of his career because all he's doing now is showing up and helping out. Right. But hey, has, is Darby Allen better off for having been around Stinger? Yes. I mean, I think, I think Darby Allen's in a really funny spot in the company. Because I think, I do firmly believe that he's one of the more like well-known names. Um, but he's also not like not at the top of the card, right? Um, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much Sting has helped or hasn't helped as much as he's just kind of been there. 
See, to me, I feel like Darby Allen is his own thing. Remember how it used to be in AW there was a Cody verse? Right. When you get into it with Darby, you've left AEW. You've entered the Darby verse. Right. And it's great. You're going to get little movies made. You're going to deal with promos. You're going to have the stinger swing a baseball bat right. at you. All that cool stuff, right? Which is probably why he uh, is is the one of the more known, right? Yeah, he's his own thing. The better comparison is this. Bray Wyatt. You get, a, you get into something with Bray Wyatt, you're in your own verse. Bray Wyatt needs his creative juices to be flowing more than he needs to wrestle. Darby loves wrestling, but he needs to be creative. He's an artist. He went to film school. You know what I'm saying? Right. He can do that here with this. And the fact that Sting is in the middle of that, it prolongs our chances to see Sting. Because as much as it's crazy when we see Sting jump off of something or do something crazy, right. he's only doing it twice a year, three right. times a year. You know, he's still in pretty good shape for, for an older gentleman. Right. It works in a really cool way to me. And also, I do think that when you deal with them, you have a shot at being something more, win or lose. Because you can, usually the, the matches are crazy, so you're not getting just straight clean pinned on something. Jeff Hardy, his okay. status as legend. Yeah. What, what even is it anymore? <laughs> Like, not even saying that, because Jeff, Jeff, listen, Jeff was so important to a, a gen, to, a, like, a generation of wrestling fans, right? And wrestlers. And wrestlers. Darby Allen for one. Absolutely. That dude was the guy. Absolutely. For so many people. He was the guy. In a company that would never let a guy like that be the guy. He was the guy. Absolutely. Right. That being said, is Jeff... Because Jeff's not like putting younger talent over, really. But he's also not really l losing. He's he's also not really losing to younger talent either. He's not even dealing with younger talent. No, he wrestled Jeff Jarrett last week. The match that sucked, by the way. They they have a thing where they have a little legends type thing. I do right. think. Look, hey. Whoa, 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 whoa! I will say. The Hardy Boys have wrestled wrestlers like the Guns and mm -hmm. lost, right? Right, and and that's that's one thing. But it's also like it feels a little rude to say. Like the matches the Hardys were having with the Guns weren't like as good as the matches Edge was having with like Grayson Correct. Waller. Correct. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Right? right. So it's it's always you know. Well, here's here's my thing with Jeff, Chris Jericho right now is still considered a top guy. Right. Punk's considered a top guy. So when you're in a feud with them, it's a little different because I don't think we think the Hardys are going to win the heavyweight, the tag team titles anytime soon. No. So it's a little bit different because they're not quite the gatekeeper because they're not the threat to the top card as right. they used to be. Right. right. So, but I do think they're doing the right things. They are putting other guys over. Now, what is Jeff's legendary status? Look, man, Jeff's had his problems. We well documented. Uh, people in and out with all that. Look, Jeff Hardy, that book's written. 
He's a Hall right. of Famer in three companies. Mm-hmm. Well, two. I don't know what you would say about AEW, but he's definitely a TNA Hall of Famer. He's definitely WWE Hall, WWE Hall of Famer. And if there's just a wrestling Hall of Fame altogether, yeah, absolutely. As a singles wrestler and a tag team wrestler, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, no doubt. Matt, too, for that matter. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that anything he does now tarnishes that. Right. But there is the worry that we're getting close to Terry Funk. Right. And post Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Ric Flair. Right. TNA Hogan. Right. We're getting close to that now. We've got to monitor it. Put them in positions where they're advantageous. Don't work them as much. Let them be in talking segments more. Right. Let them coach guys. Break them out every now and then. Right. Right? The taker. The taker stuff. Right? Yeah. We used to get taker twice a year. It was plenty. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and two, a guy like that, there's so much that a Matt Hardy can bring you backstage or or Jeff Hardy can bring Absolutely. you backstage. Christian Cage. What Christian's doing right now? Dude, Christian's killing it. Christian, he's killing it. And he's only he's not wrestling. Hardly ever. And when he does, it's pretty good. It's he still can go. Right. But that's how you keep these guys around. Is a, now let's go to the closing spot. I'm glad you brought up Christian Cage cuz he's perfect for this conversation too. Because what he's doing is perfect. He can right. still wrestle every now and then. He can still lose feuds. He can still lose right. to guys and make them seem more important. Jungle Boy getting this push is a direct result of him burying Christian. Right. I think literally. Uh-huh. That's what we're talking about. Be that guy. Be, be like Christian Cage. Yes. Yell at your eight-year-old daughter. Exactly. Have security escort her from the building. <laughs> Do the right thing. Exactly. She shouldn't be near a, a live, living dinosaur anyway. That thing could, could hurt her. <laughs> what are we doing? These people exactly. are crazy. That thing's a Tyrannosaurus. What are we doing? T-Rex. Okay, Let, he, let's move on to another yeah. T-Rex. Lesnar. Mm. Lesnar, on his way out the door. He is now taker status. He has been the gatekeeper for... The guy. Right. Not just the gatekeeper for the top of the card. If you're the guy, Lesnar is your test. Rollins, when he had to be the guy, Lesnar was the guy he had to go through. Absolutely. Cena, when he had to be the guy years before, Lesnar was the guy he had to go through. Then when Lesnar came back and Cena wasn't going to be the guy anymore, Lesnar put him down. Roman, when he was going to be the guy, he had to go through Lesnar how many times by now? And a bulldozer. Yep. But he didn't go through Lesnar the first couple of times. So even you know, it never felt like he really went through it through him. He had to be the, putting him down, but even then, to solidify Roman's character, he didn't do it alone, did he? Right. Because they solidified the fact that Roman isn't is no longer you're no longer fighting the big dog and he's protecting his yard. You're fighting a pack of piranhas led by one big one and vicious one. And they will get you eventually. You will not overcome them. The bloodline, a right. group, 
Cody Rhodes, a couple of weeks ago, he got that spot. Mm-hmm. And the neat thing about it was Cody did it not like Roman did it. He did it by himself. He did it fair. And when it was over, Hunter Hearst Helmsley tells us the Paul Levesque version. I didn't tell Brock Lesnar. He had to stay in that ring and lift Cody's hand up. Mm. That's the first time we've seen a guy oppose Brock Lesnar. And Brock not only letting Penny, but he told the crowd, this is the guy I think is the guy. Huge. Do we think that Lesnar stays in that spot much longer? Because he looks great. We're really going to miss Lesnar when he's gone. Cody said it. I think. Cody was the guy who said it. He's right. There's never been anything like, like Brock Lesnar. And we're, he is very unlucky because he had an active parasite in his body. Right. That kept him from staying the greatest actual fighter in the world in UFC. Right. So then when they took half his, you know, half his intestines out, he wasn't able to really do that again. Right. Or probably just chose not to. He probably could have. The fact that he reached that level of physicality with that, dealing with those Good stomach God. issues, incredible. But that's why we got the second half of Lesnar's career. Mm-hmm. And God, we've been lucky for that because it's been so good. Absolutely. It was booked in hindsight perfectly. Taker losing to Brock Lesnar, put him in that spot. Lesnar absolutely myrtleizing Cena. That was you know, great. Cena came up with that? Yeah. Cena and Stone Cold had dinner, had a discussion. And Cena and him came up with the conclusion. And then Lesnar, when they discussed what they were going to do in the match with Cena, Cena said, look, man, if we have a 50-50 match and you win, we're wasting all that we did with Taker last month. Right. You got to hurt me. You got to squash me. And the only thing that I would say is I don't like the one match, and we can all talk about it, Kofi. He also buried Ricochet that one time. Okay, well. But that's not the same thing as Kofi. No, that's not a world champ on the very first SmackDown. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But that wasn't his call. It's not, uh, no, I, I don't that know. That was Vince trying to give that Fox pro- a shot. That was probably Fox's call. It was Fox's call to have Brock on the show, I'm sure. It was Fox's call to get the belt on somebody everybody knows as a household name, the single greatest fighter in the world, not that much earlier. Yeah. You think that's yeah. what they wanted? 100%. The, the squash? 100% was, Vince McMahon. Vince. Yeah. Two, Back from the perfect. It was, it was done in hindsight very well. But it's all fun. of that was perfect to solidify his place as the gatekeeper. Uh-huh. He's the guy you got to get through. Because you can be a world champ without being better than Brock Lesnar because Lesnar don't stick around. Absolutely. I'm talking about being the guy. I think the most prestigious the world belt ever looks is when it's on Brock Lesnar, right? Yes. That that is when it looks like, like, oh, yeah, this is the mountain I got to climb. Something like that. 
hundred percent. Right? At least before Roman, right, was here. Right, right, right. And and, um, and dude, you know nothing against everybody else in the history of pro wrestling, but that dude is different. They booked his career in a way that he would not only be the gatekeeper for the top of the card, but the gatekeeper for the guy because WWE. They like having world champs, but they want to have a the guy. Absolutely. More than anything else. And Lesnar was the perfect guy to be that guy. And we're going to miss him when he's gone, and hopefully he can be that guy for a little bit longer. I worry about Jericho, and it could be, and I, I do have this in the back of my head. I have heard Chris Jericho talk about NWO Hogan. And all the lessons he learned from that. When I hear Jericho talk, and I see Jericho in this old guy, wannabe, has-been rock star fold that he's in right now, and he continues to call himself the greatest of all time and all of that other stuff, and I am so convinced that that's who he thinks he is in the back of my head. It is him copying Hogan. And that when push comes to shove, he's going to do the right thing for a couple of years. Mm. Because I cannot think that a man as smart as Chris Jericho, it's easier for me to think he's duping me than he's duping himself. Right. And if he is, man, kudos. Hell of an acting job. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to wrap on that, right? Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate y'all listening. Thank you very much. And uh, check out our friends at the Game Project, the G-I-N-N project.com. Check out our friends at Daily Smart. We're a one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And check out us on a website you can find us on now called Gamatica App. Download the app. You can check into the gaming world. You can check into the entertainment world, the sports world, and you can check into the wrestling world with us. Go Home Heat in their pod section. Thank you very much for your time and go home.